Hi, I'm Caleb Matthews. And I'm Mary Huffnagel. And welcome to the What's My Therapist Reading Podcast. We read books so you can decide what's right for you. And today we will be discussing platonic, uh, how the science of attachment can help you make and keep friends, which is an amazing, amazing book. I'm so excited to get to talk about this one with you. I know I say that a lot, but this one might already be <laughs> the best book of 2023. And it's like, we like to talk about books and yeah. we like to talk. And this is a good, this is a very good book. I think it overall was very well received by everyone. So it was yeah. a very exciting book to read. Yeah, it was very, very good. Um, so we'll start off with our usual summary. And today we are going to try to just share some of our favorite big ideas from the book uh, up front. So Mary, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So um, I really liked in this book, and I think it was in chapter two, where they talk about um, being raw versus being authentic. And there are so many good, like little nuggets from this section um, and kind of a discussion about I guess in like popular culture, we might talk about it as like the overshare, <laughs> like what's being authentic and what's being vulnerable and what's like oversharing. And I like the idea of comparing it to like raw versus authentic. Cause if, if it's full of lots of like pain and fresh and rawness, and there's not a lot of safety in our system when we're talking about it, we might be being more raw rather than vulnerable. Um, and so I really like the concepts of like, when we let that pain will, if we have pain in our system, like it will prioritize power protection over relationship, which yeah. incidentally is a nice little tie into the concept of clean pain and dirty pain from my grandmother's hands, I think. Um, and so another way that they said that was to be being intentional rather than primal. Um, and then that sort of leads to this discussion of really needing to be in a state of internal honesty to build authentic relationships. Um, and it, that concept reminded me of a quote that's actually from the first chapter where, where um, she says, what we feel shame over deprives us of the opportunity to explore parts of our identity. Um, and then in that, in chapter two, they also talk about masking in relationship and um, that when we like put on a mask in a relationship to prioritize the relationship over, over protection, we like have to find a balance there, right? Yeah. That wearing the mask is, is about what we fear we can't live without. Like, I fear I can't live without this relationship, but I know what I can't live within. So I wear this mask and then I lose connection with self. Yeah. And so it's just a really lovely exploration of all of our relationship with self and relationship with others weave together. And so then my other favorite um, chapter is a chapter about boundaries in relationship. Um, and the book talks about how the more we take care of our own needs, the more we want to give rather than feeling resentful of giving. And it talks about giving freely versus giving to receive some relational benefit. And like, that's a really valuable conversation. 
and it talks about boundaries being about not saying this is what I can't offer, but rather making boundaries about this is what I can offer and, you know, balancing the, the priority again of boundaries protecting me versus boundaries protecting the relationship. And like, I don't know, sometimes you can't have both. Um, and that's maybe when a relationship ends, but making a relationship work is about being able to protect me, protect you and protect the relationship all at the same time. Yeah. So I just thought it was really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, those are such good things to already bring up. Like I could talk about that authenticity. <laughs> and well, cause like everything, it's very hard to choose a few yeah. highlights, but so those were two really big. Yeah. Well, and I loved the authenticity stuff that she talks about just being able to recognize that like authenticity gives you like more options because a lot of people think authenticity is just the same like synonymous with honesty but it's like no authenticity lets you step back and be like what are their needs what are my needs to be honest with them and like choose between the two rather than just I don't know like it's it's so good um I tried to narrow mine down to just a couple and all that I kept coming up with were like, I was like, I want to name a few quotes for this section. And then I also wanted to name like just some pro tips that she gives throughout the book that I think are just like so useful and impactful. Um, so the quote that I wanted to start with is um, just a couple of them. So the first one says, it's actually a Mark Twain quote. So just pulling from amazing authors. Um Anger does more damage in the vessel in which it is stored than it could ever do on where it is poured. And then she goes on to talk about like how sometimes we have this anger of hope, like this anger that like motivates us to be better or like to change the relationship. And then there's also an anger of despair, which is whenever like our anger is just upset because we don't think this person's ever really going to change um and like uh it yeah. was so well said and I never had the language around that and I think that's one of the huge benefits of this book is um giving us terms like the other quote that I had pulled was our truest selves are not revealed during contact conflict that that's our triggered self so like this idea of like a true self versus a triggered self because I think a lot of people think that whenever we're in a fight and we say something mean that like that's the truth whenever it's really yeah I think that was in the section about yeah I think that was in the section about um pain and how pain will prioritize protection of self so our triggered self is going to prioritize protecting me yeah um and my power which is why we're not in our authenticity that's when we're raw not when we're authentic yeah um and then some of these next ones are just like pro tips to live by um, which, uh, one of them was assume people like you. Um, mm -hmm. and then another one was, is it my thoughts or the other person's behaviors that are influencing what I think? So trying to point at another person's behaviors rather than like, is this their behavior or is this my thought that's saying this? Um, mm -hmm. and then the other pro tip that I really liked is, um, she talks a little bit in here about like, finding friends and some people saying that that's difficult and so uh, one of the pro tips that she gives is to just like be the friend that you want to be out in the world 
and then that will like reinforce friends showing up for you in that way like if you can be what you're wanting that that often will help create it in the world and so um that I think is beautiful and wonderful um so yeah that's yeah I was really struck by when you were talking about um um, assume people like you I was really I mean it's funny because it's like well yeah but also it's never surprising I mean it's always surprising every time I hear it that like you know research really shows that the way people perceive themselves is more negative than the way others perceive them yeah and so that's where that pro tip sort of is rooted in which is kind of cool this next section yeah for sure yeah go Go on so this next one uh, is just (laughs) here we go I'm gonna go for it so this next one just is talking about trigger warnings and honestly like that this was a stretch for me like this book was not I feel like it was really trying to be cautious towards people and make sure that people know what's coming like it does a really good job of yeah I don't think you know there certainly wasn't anything triggering in the sense of like um conversations or stories about traumas that would trigger traumas like that and then I there's really not a lot that's triggering in the way of not feeling seen I think she does a really good job of really trying to make space for all different types of people both in the stories she selects and the things she talks about and how the different concepts impact different people um you know that section about boundaries really resonated with me and you know the only thing I could really see is you know when she's talking about giving and giving freely and that balancing between giving to self or or prioritizing my needs versus giving to others um you know when I work with clients who have complex PTSD or maybe borderline presenting they often don't have a history of a lot of reciprocity in relationship and they tend toward like overgiving and it it's because some of those things aren't yet healed and I think for for some some clients like that they'd be fine reading it would be exactly what they need to help them balance but I definitely have uh, it depends on where they are in the process um, I think for some it might be too early for that section or might need to be read with guidance to hold space for emotions that come up but that's really all I could think of. And that's a pretty specific trigger. So, yeah, well, and I mean, I think it goes really well right after what we were just saying, like that, be the friend you want, like, that's going to be really hard if you're surrounded by people that are like, I guess. Well, and if you have always been the friend you want, if you have always been the friend you want and what your trauma is, is that people continue to not show up for you. Yeah. And it's hard for you to to walk away in that balance. Like I, I, there's definitely some people I know this would be a very difficult book for, but I think it's a yeah small percentage of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm always hesitant whenever I don't, can't recognize a trigger. It's like, that means that there's probably something in my blind spot. Not that it's not there. <laughs> That's fair. I, you know, I'm sure 
someone out there, Hey, share it with us. If, if you have a trigger that we didn't notice, cause yeah. I like to become aware of things, but Me too. my general vibes though, or that this, I mean, this book really offers an opportunity to reflect on how we view friendship, how we view friendship challenges, how to navigate friendship challenges. Um, it offers an opportunity to reflect as a reader on like how I'm showing up in friendships versus how I'm focusing on others, not showing up perhaps. Um, and I think everybody that read it in our group really talked about things that it made them sort of reflect upon and how they're behaving in their relationships. I think it's a really well-rounded book. There's like a nice balance between research and story and practices and reflection. And I think, yeah. Yeah. It, I really it. It's so well-balanced. Like, I feel like it's just such an easy read because of how balanced it is. Like you're re- talking about research for so much of this book, but it doesn't feel like heavy or unapproachable. I, yeah, totally agree. The uh, general vibe for me of this book is just how important friendship is, because I think that so many people talk about like, oh, well, they're just my friend or like we just have a platonic relationship because I like in Western society, so much is based on like that romantic relationship that like you're always on the quest for or like now that you have it, like keeping it alive and um it's this book just really tries to show that friendship is so important like one of the studies that gets cited is like how the effect of loneliness on our mortality is akin to smoking like 15 cigarettes a day like that's how important it is to have like friendship is because friendship can be like such a balm for loneliness and so making sure that we have that in our lives is so so important um and how whenever whenever you have like a romantic relationship like sometimes the goal of that is like to see that person's like naked body but like the goal of friendship is about like seeing someone's like naked soul bared out in front of you like you want them to just be like that was so beautiful present I that's a quote from the book so I can't like fully take credit oh okay I I definitely don't remember that from the book I thought that was you I love well and I love that because it's not it's also not just about seeing another person's naked soul but seeing your own like she has the Anais Nin quote in the beginning of the book which I love so much it says each friend represents a world in us a world possibly not born until they arrive. And it is only by this meeting that a new world is born. So like we discover all these layers of ourselves and we become new layers of ourselves through friendship. So it is, it is discovering of someone else and a discovering of self. And yeah, yeah. I think lots of times what happens in our culture anyway, is, you know, people stop prioritizing their friendships when they, have a romantic partner and it's not like one's more important I think (laughs) so yeah I love that she calls attention to that in this book me too um what are some of your benefits and drawbacks for this one well so well researched and it references it references the specific studies and it 
talks about the application of the studies. And I think that's, that is so hard to do and takes a lot of work and time and care and attention. And then it's all perfectly cited. And so I just shout out to how much labor that is and, and how much thought goes into that. I'm very impressed by that. And so that's definitely a benefit. Um, and there's so many tips for understanding the self and for connecting with others. I also really like all the pro tips, like, and like the concept of propiquity, propiquity. I can't remember if I'm saying that right, but pinkity. I think so. Yeah. But like, you know, that idea of like, that's how we make friends is by, you know, having people that we regularly interface with over time. And then the friendship grows. Like that's part of it is we don't do that anymore. We like go from our little our little bubbles to our little bubbles and we don't have these routines where we're interfacing with people. We get in our car and drive from one place to the other versus communities where we used to like pass the same people on the street. Um, yeah. And I did, like I had lots more friends when I lived in New York because we were all walking around. Like I go out in my neighborhood here and there's rarely anybody even out there, but in New York, we were all out in our neighborhood. So we all knew who we were. And um, yeah, I don't know. So like tips like that to build patterns and yeah, find the people helpful. that are close to you. Like, yeah. Yeah. And there... I also think that it's a great benefit to explore attachment theory in other contexts. I think we mm -hmm. tend to only talk about attachment theory in romantic relationship contexts. And that sort of ignores the fact that attachment theory impacts us in every relationship we have um and so i like being able to explore it in the context of friendship yeah well and she does the thing that we've been asking for of so many books because so many books will like talk about kind of the problem for like 90 percent of the book and then the last little baby bit 10 percent is talking about the practices or the tips and all of that sort of stuff. And like, we're always like, oh man, I wish that were more. And like, I would say 60, 70% of this book is like practices. Like she goes through like initiative, vulnerability, authenticity, anger, yeah. generosity, affection. Like here's the tips for making and keeping friends. Everything. Like, just. And it's all very woven throughout. Yeah. Like just. Like you don't have to wait until, like you said earlier, you don't have to wait until the end to get there. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. It's well, just there from the beginning. And like, definitely the last like 60, 70% of this book is like chapter after chapter that is so easy to find because like, if you know that you're struggling with authenticity, like you can go there. If you know that you're like struggling with affection, like you can go there and like find the resource that you need. So it's just like so well put together on top of being like very well-researched practices. It's yeah, it's yeah. so good. I also loved the um, the concepts in this book, like things just get brought up, like um, the idea of low dose friends, like sometimes the best way to manage a relationship is to just have less of it. And so like, sometimes that's what you need is this friend to just be taken in lower doses rather than to try to make everybody a friend that you see all the time. Um, yeah. Like, I think that's a really good concept. Um, I also liked the, the idea of the hedgehog's dilemma, which I think gets brought up quite a bit based off of how much it got talked about in book club. Um, but like the hedgehog's dilemma is making sure like it's such a good attachment theory metaphor 
because um, a hedgehog is spiky. And so like, if it's too close, you're gonna hit against the spikes of the other hedgehog. Um, but if it's too far away, like this hedgehog might not feel the warmth of the other hedgehogs. So like, that's kind of the dilemma that's there is like, you want them to be close enough that you get the warmth, but like not too close that you get spiked. And so yeah. that's uh, that balance of friendship, like too close, too far away, trying to find that. Um, what about limitations that you saw in this one? One of one of the limitations I see is regard is like the there's no discussion in regard to differences in how um, different neurotypes might um, connect and experience friendship, and I think that's where a lot of like a, a lot of people, a lot of my neurodivergent clients struggle with friendship because um, they're always having to figure out how to be friends in the way that someone who's neurotypical is rather than a learning about also how do neurotypical people learn how to befriend and create friendship with someone who is neurodivergent and has so like there's no discussion about friendship across neurotypes and I think like I think in the section where she's talking about affection like I mean one small piece of that is named lots when she talks about people who are really uncomfortable with physical touch because of sensory differences but there's just so much more to the different ways people connect and feel seen and understood and communicate and all of that and so you know I think looking at boundaries differently can also help in that area but I guess I guess I just wish I feel like I feel like my neurodivergent peeps could be more seen yeah have more support well, and what's honestly like so refreshing to me about that for this uh, like book is I think whenever it comes to neurodivergence, that didn't really get mentioned too much in this book. But I honestly feel like if we were to just like talk to the author and be like, hey, can you like in this next version, like include neurodivergence, she would just like write a whole other chapter on this. Or at least that's like the impression that I get from the author. Like, I don't think that that was meant. But the other one that like came up for me around it because I completely agree about the neurodivergence and like I mean I think most limitations aren't intended in a book yeah (laughs) well same but I mean I think I don't know I just I felt so close to this author reading this book because she just is so personable throughout um but the other one that came up in book club where I was like oh yeah that wasn't mentioned and I feel like the author could say so much about this um because I just like want to hear her voice more I guess uh is um the idea of grief in friendships um like grieving a friend because maybe they aren't like a a good fit for you or like maybe like losing a friend whether that's to death or to moving or to life transitions like I think that um grief is just so Uh, missing from this book and like those would be the two things that if if the author is listening to this book like neurodivergence grief please add some chapters and we will happily read them so yeah but uh just to bring us bring us home who's the book recommended for for you mary i mean i'd say almost anyone but with caution regarding what i said before um especially if you're a therapist recommending this to clients like definitely assess where they are if they have relational trauma and if 
they're ready to embark on some of this or not quite yet. Um, uh, but yeah. Yeah. I, I and mean, yeah, I, I guess I would say if you are, if you're trying to learn how to improve friendship with someone who's, if you're, if you have different neurotypes on either side of the neurotype, this probably won't help you bridge that gap, but. Yeah. I think it, anyone with that's going to have friendships in their life, which I think is hopefully almost everyone uh, can benefit from this book. Uh, in fact, like this book is currently like, I don't even have it right now because one of my clients has it. So it's, <laughs> I think this book going to get loaned out. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's just very well done. And yeah, I'd watch out for those, those groups that Mary was mentioning. But other than that, like, hope people are reading this book because uh for me the intended audience like who the author wrote this for I think is she's trying to write it for everyone too um, well and to be a little more specific she's writing it for as she says anyone who, who is wanting to um make and keep friends and understand how to do that better than wherever they're starting out now well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we've loved getting to talk about Platonic with you. The book club, uh, actually, we started out only talking about this for one month, and then we ended up uh, talking about it for a second month because, uh, well, some people couldn't make the first one because of severe weather and the planet and all that sort of stuff. But we also wanted to talk about it for a second month. So um, yeah, this, this book is amazing. And uh, hopefully, uh, if you're interested at all in friendship, please feel free to check it out. Yep. Follow us on Goodreads or Instagram um, or here on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Or wherever uh, you get your podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll talk well, to you next you time. Guys. Yeah. Bye. See ya.